Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Riley here, along with Ann Clapp. Good Dr. Morning. Ann Clapp, uh, retired professor of uh, textile chemistry at NC State University. Yes, I, and, I had a good time doing and that. And retired master gardener. And um, I'm retired at most anything. <laughs> long, long time co-host on the weekend garden. You doing okay, Ann? Yeah, I'm doing just fine, and it, this it's just a good morning. It's we'll have a good group here this morning. Yeah, I'll say so, uh, including the ever popular Rufus Edmonston, who oh, is a goodness. former Attorney General and Secretary of State in North Carolina, and uh, Deputy Chief Counsel in the Senate Watergate Committee, almost a Moorhead Scholar. Uh, work, worked in the cafeteria at I, UNC. Almost governor. Almost, almost governor. governor. Yeah, that, Ran for that, governor in 1984. That one that one didn't work well. <sighs> and I was in a parade one time, Mike, up in Canton, North Carolina, when I was <laughs> attorney general. And this uh, woman said, what are you running for this time? I said, well, I'm, I'm running for attorney general again. She said, you still a lawyer? <laughs> she said, I'll have you know I'm not going to vote for no darn lawyer. I said, I said, don't worry about me. I ain't much of a lawyer. <laughs> Governor, uh, Martin was quite a formidable candidate, but I think what lost it for you was uh, going into Georgia to campaign. Oh, yeah. I was, was up in Clay Polk. County, Georgia. Yeah. I, I, mean, well, you, I was you, in Polk County. Oh, Polk County. I was in Clay yeah. County, North Carolina, and I, yeah. I, I was up there campaigning. And I crossed, uh, I didn't know this, I went down this little country road and I stopped at this fellow's service station to, to ask how to get back on the road to Raleigh. And he said, and I said, I'm running for governor, by the way, I'd love your vote. He said, well, what are you running for? I said, governor. He said, well, where, from where? I said, for North Carolina. He says, son, you're in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he hightailed it. Right I, out of there. I hightailed it. Yes, sir. <laughs> So uh, we're we're always glad to uh, to have Brother Rufus with us mm-hmm. this morning. We have uh, Paul McKenzie, who we just saw your lovely wife, who was uh, the uh, teacher of the week on uh, TV station WRAL. Yes. And yeah. Good morning. That's the second time I've seen that. So they're just running it all over the place. Is she a big celebrity up there? Oh yeah, I'm I'm managing all of her speaking requests. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, Teachers so. can't speak, so yeah. that she uh, that what a wonderful thing. I'm I married one too, and they're just and you 
you have been one in the, in the public schools, Paul. So yeah, it uh, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing well. And uh, gosh, what a nice thing WRL WRL does with that. And she was very yeah, but, that's right. Yeah, doing great. Beautiful morning. Well, Paul, how much does she go for for her speech? Yeah, <laughs> I need to know that because yeah, I, Rufus I, Rufus wants to raise his rates if she's yeah, above I his. Compare. Yeah, well, it depends on if you know if it's the friend rate or not. So, we'll... yeah, I know about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Seems yeah. like I fall into that category about ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> Doggone right, it! Right, right. Yeah. Hey, and uh, Paul, do you want to introduce our new guest? Absolutely. I've got my good friend uh, Colby Griffin with me. He's the horticulture agent in Franklin County, and he's been with uh, Extension a number of years. Great guy. Very knowledgeable. And uh, I'm glad he could join the show this morning. Getting you on here, Colby, is like pulling hen's teeth. What's going on, man? Oh, it's not that bad. (laughs) No, not really. We're so glad. You're going to be on with us for an hour, so that's probably all you can take. That's probably all I can take, but uh, it's been (laughs) been about uh, 35 years since we were just an hour's program. So uh, uh, Paul will have to endure and pick up the slack. Mm -hmm. So uh, give us three little ones running around. I'm... uh, um, are you babysitting? I'm relegated to our nursery right now with the door locked, so hopefully you won't hear any. Uh... Oh, we don't care. Anything, <laughs> most anything good, and that's good. You know, kids running around and having a good time. That's good. Anything goes good on on this show. Yeah, we hope. Yeah. Well, Kobe, I've got a neighbor who's uh, in the vet school at NC State, and she has a pet pot-bellied pig. Oh, good heavens. Does she teach over there? Or? No, she's in a school, a she, student. Oh, okay. And uh, when my dog Jasper comes out to play with the pig, it's quite a sight to behold. And this, <laughs> oh, this, yeah, this, I'd love to see that. This, this pig lives in her house. I don't quite get it, but. Well, how big is a pig? That pig, would be, he'd go on and he'd be a good show to about 75 pounds. <laughs> well, Colby's not the livestock agent in Franklin County. You know, I. I, my uh, all of my mother's relatives. My mother had uh, eight brothers and sisters, and they all lived along Five Sixty One. My mother moved away. She, we we lived in Nash County, but uh, visiting there with all those cousins and uncles and aunts and and uh, everybody just wild as everything up there. We, we had a great time in Franklin County, cruising the boulevard and and uh, going to Dick's Drive-in and and uh, the boulevard. Uh, Whatever it was, I guess it was kind of a restaurant, hamburgers, hot dogs, and all that stuff. So, Colby, I'm very familiar with Franklin County. I have great love for Franklin County. And yes, uh, sir. And I'm I'm actually from Nash County. That's where we. No kidding. Where in Nash yeah. County? Uh, in Red Oak. Oh man, this world's too small. I grew up in Nashville. <laughs> the uh, where the LBJ Chevrolet is. That was my father. Uh-huh. My father built that building, and he was Chevrolet Buick dealer back in the 50s and 60s. He died pretty young, but uh, it's it's really, really a small world. Nashville sure. changed a lot. Uh, Red Oak. Red Oak's about the same. <laughs> I yeah, was just through there going to, to Williamsburg. We always kind of take a little shortcut and, and uh, go through Red Oak up, up to uh, 95 through there. So uh, I got a little little uh son of red oak and a lot of great people around there too uh, a lot of smart people so, so you know my friend lucy the former mayor up there in franklin county she was in the legislature for a while i've not met her no sir yeah she's a great lady 
Yeah. We're talking about Franklin County, right? Yes, yeah. sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James Speed was was uh, was the uh, representative and senator. He must have been in the legislature for forty years. Oh yes, but uh, yeah, had a That's son a, who practiced law in Tommy Speed, in, one of my good yeah. friends. He lived has been living yeah. in Boone. He was on right. the state school board, and and unfortunately, it's deceased now. Tommy died. Yeah. I didn't know that. Tommy died. Just had a. Had a heart attack. A great guy. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that. But uh, he was. Uh, I'm. I'm sorry. Mm. Well, Colby, uh, what is your background? Do you, did you go to NC State? Yes, sir. I did. Oh, in, uh, wow. in horticulture. Hortic. Very good. <sighs> well, that'll help yeah, he, out with this show. I'll tell you that. Background where, whereas I'm faking it. <laughs> well, I, I studied the field crops. Um, so. If you say you're faking it, sounds like you went to Carolina. <laughs> Like Gerald Adams. Oh, well. well. I went to state, but I majored in political, sort of majored in political science. I don't know that it did me much good, but, uh, you know, the the college experience, as it were. And the degree the, with no science to it. <laughs> well, I don't know. The political, uh, Abe, Abe Holzman, Dr. Abe Holzman would argue with you all day about that, I'm sure. Uh, oh, was, he was a great guy. Yeah. I used to speak to his classes. And by the way, let me read you what Abraham Lincoln said for the quote of the week. Oh, play! Oh, Rufus has has a new little uh, book that a little book here that came from your friend Ed uh, Cliff, Cliff Joyner, Joyner yeah. of Edward Jones down there in Nashville. Yeah. Oh yeah. No All right. This this is from Abraham Lincoln. I'm a successful. I am successful today because I had a friend who believed in me, and I didn't have the heart to let him down. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham well, that's Lincoln. a good way to, it does give one motivation doesn't it Abraham Lincoln okay. so you majored in horticulture uh, who were some of your professors that we might know you say oh um, uh, Bryce Lane of course Bryce Lane yes, yeah yes. Paul, Paul Font who was he's been retired many years now yeah yeah, uh, yeah he did you have uh, Dr. Warner Denny Warner I did, yes. I, I was fortunate to have him before he retired as well. You know, I talked to him, I guess, in November out at Campbell Road Nursery. And uh-huh. uh, he's he's going to – I'm going to call him and get him on the show. I didn't want to rush him on. <laughs> and But uh, he's going to be on the show at, at some point oh, good. with us. Uh, Dr. Lane has, has been on with us before. He's a he's just, just a delight. Both of them are. And uh, such learned men. Uh, horticulture is so fun, yeah. but – Gosh, there's not a lot blooming out there. My my winter sweet is blooming like crazy. I don't know what's um, some of it. Some of the blooms look kind of peaked because we've had some pretty cold nights. Uh, Colby, we can't get the Daphne to bloom. They just it's right on, been right on the edge <laughs> yeah. for a month or so. Huh? Well, if you can grow a Daphne, you're a good you're a good gardener. There, you know, I'll I'll uh, tell the story again. Somebody uh, probably. At least ten years ago, I think it's more than that. Gave me a Daphne, and I put it behind a Mahonia in in the front, the foundation. I have this huge Mahonia, and I just kind of sat it down one day, and I forgot about it. And I I've just kind of noticed it for here and there. I said, "Doggone, I need to plant that thing." And it grew into the ground. Of course, it rooted right into the ground over uh, the years, and. The pot split open, <laughs> and so I just at some point I just pulled the pot right away, and it has grown uh, toward around the bottom of the Mahonia, toward the uh, western exposure, kind of reaching out for that that um, you know that sunlight, mm-hmm. 
And so it's kind of it's it's not all the way around the the bottom of the Mahonia, but that's the way it's grown. It hasn't grown up very high, so it's just kind of uh, it's you know it's 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 on a slope, and it uh, was planted on top of the ground and uh, undisturbed for all these years. So that uh, is apparently the best way to plant one. <laughs> Whereas Rufus has been. How many? How many have you had, Rufus? Well, I say if you want to have two Daphnes, plant twenty. Yeah, <laughs> for any length of time. Huh? And and we've Kobe, we've had a little. Uh, Paul knows about it. We've had a little contest around here finding anybody that can root Daphnes. We want to see them and know how they do it, because I have tried and tried and tried. I've had one success in my entire twenty years of trying to root Daphnes. Yeah, I mean you can grow them, grow the, uh, you transplant them. Um, and you, know, you can't do it again. You can't apparently can't move it to a pot successfully very easily. At least uh, there are not many people who know how to do that. There was a gentleman down east who lost uh, lost a lot of his, I guess, lost all of his Daphne crop, and he was a supplier for many of the nurseries around here during one of the hurricanes and hadn't reestablished. So it's it's really hard to find one, and they're kind of pricey anyway. Well, Mike, um, at our uh, Master Gardener meeting last week, we had a present presentation by Doug Ruin, who's a mm. fabulous gardener. He works at J.C. Ralston Arboretum, yeah. and uh, he covered lots of different plants that are winter bloomers, uh, which, uh, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of plants, but I was really amazed at the diversity. Um, I didn't realize how much diversity there was in camellias, and then, of course, mm. there's the the winter flowering apricot, the winter honeysuckle, winter jasmine, uh, the witch hazels, winter sweet. I mean, there's there's a lot of things you can plant in your landscape uh, that will bloom in the winter. I had I wrote an article about that uh, several issues of the Weekend Gardener magazine uh, several years ago, and I have had I think all of those in my yard at one time. The Prunus mume, I, I haven't had a lot of luck with. That's I've had a couple of them, and uh, I don't know if it's a root problem or maybe I, they just aren't getting enough sun in, in my landscape can be part of the problem too. But, gosh, I just love the way the, the fragrance of those and the way they, they look during the winter. We're going to talk more coming up on the WPTF Weekend Gardener. It's 822. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back on WPTF. It's 825. If you're not hearing us as well lately, we've been having some transmitter problems. And we're not on that big old 50,000-watt transmitter. We do have uh, 98.5 in the Raleigh area on FM. That you can hear us in uh, 680 WPTF. And everybody has smartphones and computers uh, just about. And you can you can hear us at WPTF.com or TuneIn Radio, things like that. Uh, so very easy to hear WPTF from, you know, most anywhere in the world. Uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Uh, Colby, do you, do you have time to garden? I mean, I, I know the schedule of... And you're a young parent, too. By the way, I just accepted you uh, as a friend on Facebook, and I just waved at you. 
Yeah, well, you know, um, and uh, <laughs> Paul could probably attest to this. When people find out you're an extension agent, they um, oh, they they think your yard looks like the J.C. Ross Arboretum, but that's probably the polar opposite. <laughs> well, I think yeah, <laughs> we're. I think we're mostly uh, most of us are plant collectors. <laughs> Rufus, do you do you agree with that? I agree with that. Kobe, <laughs> my my and yard you can't have too many. is full of uh, weeds. Uh, I, I don't mean the. Now I keep my plant beds very nicely, but well, a weed if, is just a plant out of place. If it's green, I mow it and it looks good. Yeah, it does. I don't have any problem with that. I'm yeah. I'm not paying as much attention to my lawn as I used to. Although I love a. <laughs> Lush lawn. I love. I wish I had enough sunlight for the warm season grasses mm-hmm. here. Uh, but th- do they work very well in Franklin County? I know we're getting way up north there. <laughs> well, no, the warm seasons work fine. But if you're getting into the uh, transition zone for fescues. That's that's normally what we have questions about. Yeah, yeah. We we th- they are kind of picky. And can can be quite the, uh, the fescue struggling too. It's, yeah, I mean it can be quite out. expensive to replant every year and to, to <laughs> fertilize every year. Uh, you know, sometimes you find a good good uh, lawn service, and uh, it could come out cheaper because <laughs> you just you know we aren't all experts. Well, Kobe, I'm sort of known as the the clover man. I, when all else fails, I say plant clover, and I I think that draws the ire of some of our audience that. Are purists to oh. their lawns, but I'm a great <laughs> I, clover man. Yeah, I, I, I like clover in a lawn. I think it well, well, especially in a uh, cool season lawn like fescue. I think it they um they kind of help each other with 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 moisture control and fertilization. But yeah, you got people that just like the big monoculture, but you know, each to their own. <laughs> We're getting close to February 14th next weekend. And uh, that's around the time of the calendar, at least for the extension service, where we may add a little nitrogen to and some other things to the landscape, or at least to the to the lawn, right? The, uh, yeah, that's right, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, around Valentine's Day, get that uh, fertilizer out on your tall fescue lawn. Um, you know, the other thing with tall fescue, the biggest mistake I see people making is they're mowing it too low, and. Um, Three to four inches is as as low as you want to go. You probably just need to set it at the highest setting on your mower, uh, and, and that's going to help a lot with with your tall fescue. Gerald Adams, who we mentioned earlier in the show, Colby is a uh, kind of oversees uh, grounds operations. One of the people that oversees grounds operations at the uh, Centennial Campus, and he used to be the uh, the curator of grounds at the Governor's Mansion. He's a Carolina graduate and majored in speech and politics, but <laughs> explain that. But he grew up on a tobacco farms, and, and he's a smart guy. He he's a, talks about, you know, we've had so much rain in the last few months, and there are a lot of soggy lawns out there. Make sure you aerate that lawn because it, that, that water is just kind of you know, sitting up on top, there. and there's nowhere to go. So make sure it has somewhere to go. Check check that, that drainage. That's very important. We're talking more with um, Colby Griffin and Paul McKenzie, Brother Rufus, Miss Ann, coming up on the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. 
We're back on WPTF at 835. Mike Rayleigh here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston. We've got Paul McKenzie from the Vance County and Warren County Extension Service and Colby Griffin, a newcomer uh, with us. Uh, how long have you been with Franklin County, Colby? Um, I've been in, in Lewisburg since October of 17, and before that I was in Tarboro. Um, for about four years with the extension service there. Oh, wow. Edgecombe County, yeah. How about that? Yep. Uh, beautiful old town, Tarboro. Yes, sir. Well, uh, we we were talking about Daphne's and uh, winter plants, and uh, I think we just, when we were going to the break, we were talking about the lawn and uh, the February 14th time around Valentine's Day is one of the times, and I think... Uh, we use the least amount of nitrogen uh, on the fescue lawn. Don't worry about the, uh, you know, if you have a warm season grass, you don't do anything to that right now. They're looking nice and, and kind of yellowy brown <laughs> right now. And uh, they are dormant. I, I, I don't know how far. I haven't dug down any. I don't have it, but I know some years you can dig down a little bit and uh, maybe even see a little bit of green underneath all that yellow that it never completely goes dormant. But I think maybe this year, we, uh, who knows? But at any rate, it looks pretty safe. The, the fescue lawn, so we've <clears> – <throat> how are um, people reacting to, to all the, the rain? Are they reporting any major problems with plants uh, in your your, well, guy, you, your area, Paul or, or Colby? Well, well, with the fescue, it's just um – it's just struggling with all the with all the uh, excessive moisture. I mean, I tell you, I've got fescue in my lawn, and I haven't cut it since probably before Christmas because it's just it's just, it's just sitting there with all the moisture, not really growing that much. And of course, the extremely cold temperatures um, take its toll on cool season lawns. They'll they'll kind of you know turn yellow and blotchy. But whenever we get into a more normal uh, temperature pattern, they should bounce back. Yeah. Okay. Well, it it is. Uh, it- do you think people should should aerate their lawns more than once a year? I know we we traditionally do it in the fall, as uh, many of us plant. Well, then with with cool season grasses like fescue, um, of course, fall is the is the ideal time to aerate and then reseed. But uh, some folks will will also uh, do the same thing. I'll be on a lesser scale in the in the late winter and early spring. Um, not generally recommended because fescue doesn't really have time to get established that well before our lovely heat and humidity set in. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Things like earlier every year, but um, that's, I mean, that's definitely an option. Um, to well, I was, I was thinking about what Gerald told me about, uh, you know, the, the you just got that water sitting there and that that really hard ground we've got so much clay, and I know, boy, they got red yeah. clay in Franklin County. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, it, it you know it's it's extraordinary how compacted the soil can can get around here. So I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't have a lot a lot of uh, lawn left. Most of mine is uh, trees and shrubs now. But um, in fact, I think uh, how, do you how do you come down on the side of uh, someone who might want to just pull uh, plants out of the ground and planting something new? Do you do you are you favor in favor of that or? Oh, you mean just just switching out your landscape? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that uh, I don't know. Oh, that just hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're too sentimental, Rufus. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
the thing I, I see is that people hang on, hang on to plants too long. Before, you know, people hang on to plants that really have stopped serving uh, a useful function in their landscape. Um, I agree. They've, you know, they've either gotten too big or they're, you know, they're lacking vigor um, or, you know, they've been pruned improperly for years and years and just don't look good. Um, and I think those are the opportunities to, you know, think, hmm, maybe it's time to try something new and different. But, uh, you know, people get sentimental about plants, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, hanging on to something that, um, you know, my 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 parents have a, a hydrangea in a pot at their apartment. Um, it, they've taken cuttings from that hydrangea going back to, my dad's home where he grew up in Salemburg, you know, mm. so the, I mean, wherever they go, they're always going to have a cutting from that hydrangea. So. Mm. I was, uh, my, my wife and I got a, got a sandwich at one of our favorite little places in Raleigh yesterday for lunch. And there was no place, there's no place to sit. And obviously with the conditions now, you, you uh, don't mingle too much. So we, uh, we just sat and we just drove away and, and sat in, in a nearby neighborhood and uh, parked at this house. <laughs> Hope the people don't mind. But uh, we parked there, and I noticed uh, as I was eating my sandwich, there was this tree that was kind of growing out. It wasn't growing up. It was it was more more growing out. It was like it was uh, like it came up under a, another tree. But it looked like a Fraser fir. But and I'll, I'll, I guess I should post the picture. But did you I, park in the driveway, Mike? No, we didn't park in the driveway. We parked on city right of way. Good gracious! Can't you hear him saying, "Look at those bums down there"? Shall we go give them some some milk and honey? We parked the same place the Amazon trucks park, so <laughs> we just we just wanted to eat our sandwich and go. But I just I just noticed this, and and it uh, it's not a Fraser for us. I sent the picture to Nelsa Cox, and she said it was a Norway spruce. How common is that in this area? Do y'all have any Norway spruces growing in uh, Franklin County or in Vance County? Not typically. Paul might answer to that. A lot of people grow Alberta spruce, and they they struggle here too. Um, they you know will generally make it several years and start to kind of get die back on the lower branches and stuff, and you know eventually peter out. But um, I think that's out of its its normal um, hardiness zone. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll send send this to Paul and uh, see what he he thinks of it. Uh, and I'll Paul. send it to Colby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just look. I was just looking here. It looks like the hardness zone is uh, zone three to zone seven, and so we're that would be right on the right on. I the think it, I think it's a little on the warm side yeah. for those plants. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this one right. looked very happy sitting down there. It was not. It was not very big. It was. And it was kind of it was kind of growing. Was in a more shaded location, maybe. It's fairly shaded down in there, okay. and I think the roots. It, it looked like it was really competing with a uh, loripedlum, really huge loripedlum, and it was kind of growing out at an angle. But it was only you know four or five feet tall. But it looked like it had been there for a while. But it, I mean, it had kind of a weird look. I just sent it to you, Paul. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it just drives home the point. Yeah, it does look like some kind of a spruce. Um, it just drives home the point that you know location is everything. Um, 
you know, and, and you can get away with those marginal plants if you find the right microclimate. Yeah, that's something that Tony Avent has always talked about. Uh, and, you know, I love having <laughs> banana trees, and although they can get out of out of whack, sometimes they can go crazy. But uh, windmill palms do well here. Uh, sago palms can work here if you put those in the right place and look very elegant. They're not going to look like they do in in Charleston or you know Tampa, but that'd be great to have a uh, a windmill palm and banana tree and a Norway spruce. Nice combination. <laughs> well, then you know there are varieties of Colorado spruce that that work around here. You see a few of them here and there. And it's it's interesting. I don't I don't know that I see any anything similar in the in some of the yards that I've seen. That they all seem to get sun, but I don't I don't see that their roots are kept that cool in the location they are and, and things like that. But there are varieties of of Colorado spruce, like Fat Boy, I think is one of them, isn't it? Fat Albert. Fat Albert. Yeah. yeah. That that does uh, pretty well around here, but it likes good drainage, and you got to have sun. But I think the roots like to be cool, kind of like a clematis. You need mm-hmm. sun, and and you need cool roots. Is anything that I'm saying make sense to you guys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't wasn't going off on on something. Rufus, do you, you well, don't I'm, have... I'm I'm perplexed why you can't grow a. a a prunus mume. All right, it was flower. I don't know. I've tried twice. I it, it's not going to stop. I never give up. So I, I'll I'll try again if I can find it. I'm going to have to dig up something. Well, I have I have one that's just going absolutely mad right now with blue. How long have you had it? And I've had the thing, uh, and it's in nasty soil. It, it's not not rich soil. Does it get full sun? Uh, ja- yes. Okay. Jasper has run a pathway through it. Uh-huh. On, the, on the bottom, it's compacted. Yeah, but it, it's it's about uh, it, it is almost twenty five feet tall, oh, and it's just a, a glory to behold. Yeah, and, that and is a big one. Right now, it's just I, I meant to bring a picture of it. And it was a little. I was running late so I could get here and smoke my cigar before it came in. <laughs> I hate to admit to the audience that that I, I smoke half a cigar before I come on the show every, and people are gonna think that I'm addicted to cigars. Well, I am. Well, and I'll tell you, folks, it ain't no have a Tampa. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Our a Rum River Crook. I think I think uh, Fidel's family presented this officially to Rufus uh, just the other day or something, and it's uh, it looks like a very nice cigar, Rufus. Very expensive cigar. Well, I have a a mask too that has a, a cigar. Looks like you're smoking a cigar. Looks like I'm smoking a cigar on this mask. How about that, that? That is clever. <laughs> well, at any rate. Man, I don't know. We go from Prince 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get too far off the tangent. Uh, uh, Paul, have you ever had a, or Colby ever had a Prunus Mume in your landscape? Or have you dealt with not. them? I have not. But, but again, you know, it's all about location. You know, you need full sun, you know, spot where it's got room to grow. And um, they're going to need, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to need really good drainage. Oh, yes. Um, they are and, very fond of it. Yeah, you're right about that, Paul. This one has, it's sort of on a, a little tiny uh, elevated spot. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're right they, about and that. And they are, I, I believe they're going to be susceptible to nematodes. Um, peaches are, and so these are in the peach family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to plant one, it might be worth doing a nematode test before you uh, before you plant. Yeah, it it does. Its bark is similar to what a peach tree looks like. Uh, Very interesting I bark. Notice that. Yeah, it looks like it wants to peel the the bark, but it doesn't. And you know, other other than that, the the blooming time, it the leaves are not very extraordinary, and I don't think I've ever seen any. The ones I've had, I didn't see any real fall color. The leaves just kind of yeah, dried not, up. Not and, much to look at, absent yeah. the beautiful blooms. Yeah. All right, more of the weekend gardener coming up here on WPTF nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. If you want to get in on uh, whatever we're doing here, <laughs> it's eight forty eight. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. In the country, as far as we know. So just kind of keeping it going. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Mike Rayleigh here. And Ann Clapp. Mm-hmm. Dr. Clapp is over there. I'm here. Yeah. And uh, Brother Rufus Edmonston is right over there. He's got a law degree, which is a JD, but we we can't call you doctorate, doctor. No, bar, I, bar association doesn't like that. No, they, they don't like that. No, they don't want you to be a... I don't want to be one don't anyway. want to be, be addressed. Law, we'll call you Esquire. Esquire, yeah. What a, <laughs> what a genteel name for a sorry no-count lawyer. Oh, me. You're, you're a real squire. Lawyer, lobbyist, uh, former attorney general, uh, secretary of state, ran for governor, almost governor, almost. Boy, I'll tell you, Rufus, uh, if how often do you think you might have walked out the front gate with the uh, SBI agents to go to Krispy Kreme? <laughs> or do you think you would have snuck over the wall? I think I would have eluded them. <laughs> and going to the counter and have I some I think coffee. I would have been living at my Lake Wheeler address part of the time because <laughs> I, I would uh, miss being at home. Yeah. I often thought about that if I was if I'd been lucky enough to get elected governor, if uh, I would live part of the time out at my own original home, and, and I think I would have. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've you'd have there. to check on your plants. I have lived there since 1978. But just think of all those plants at the governor's mansion that you oh, would have had. To, yeah, and everybody taking care of them for you. That's right. That's right. You could have. You could have. A lot of nice inmate help. Yeah, and um, we broadcast well, those over there. Make great, great gardeners. I, I have some. Gerald, uh, when he was there, yeah, he. I think he he put several on the road to um, working in the nursery industry, and uh, yeah, we broadcast there in like 2010, 2011, somewhere like that, and. Uh, when Governor Purdue's administration and had a great time, they were waited on hand and foot and had a beautiful day and and a good time uh, with Gerald, who was the groundskeeper there at the time. We're going to get that done again. Yeah, well, hopefully we're, we can we can uh, do it one more time before we cash things in on the show in a few years. But uh, at any rate, nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Colby Griffin is with us. Uh, First time on the show, we've had some great extension agents. Uh, Colby, the show was started in, uh, well, actually in 1945 by John H. Harris, who was a professor uh, emeritus at uh, 
North Carolina State University in horticulture. And he would do 15 minutes reading letters. Uh, he did that for 40 years. And then we, uh, we were the morning disc jockey. And whoever was the morning disc jockey on Saturday would work with John during that 15-minute show and chit-chat with him. And so I was the last one before John retired. And then we got Irv Evans in, who was the Wake County Extension uh-huh. agent. Irv and I started the Weekend Gardener. And uh, Ann, Pam Beck, and um, many others, Master Gardeners, uh, would come in. And people like Sean Gherkin, uh, Lewis Howe, uh, some of the wonderful extension agents that we've had. And now we've got Mart and, and uh, Johnny Coley and uh, Paul. Paul's been on since, like, 1999, something like that, with us, um, and uh, and now you and I hope you will you will come back. We only have uh, three or four, four minutes left. What are the extension? Uh, what what do you have? Master gardeners? Do you share a master gardener program with somebody or what is uh, the? So, so, yeah, so um, so Franklin County doesn't currently have a uh, master gardener program. Uh, I, I get probably maybe between three or four um, questions about that each year. So I, I try to tally it up, and once I hit a threshold, I'll, we'll look into starting one. But um, as far as reaching the consumer population, we try to offer, you know, some similar type classes that folks can take that are interested in the Master Gardener program that can hopefully um, merge into the future, you know, into a program that's um, Master Gardener related if, if, if needed. Yeah, well, you have uh, with Mart and – and Johnny and and Paul, you have fun. I guess you know all three of them. Uh, there's some great mentors there for you, and uh, they'll help you. And uh, gosh, there are a lot of great extension agents across across the uh, the state who will uh, lend a hand. And what what are you hearing from uh, folks in Franklin County? What kind of horticultural problems are they having right now besides all the water? <laughs> um. Well, uh, loans are certainly always a, a question this time of year. Um, I'm sure Paul gets a lot of questions as well of um, pruning. When's the best time to prune? Yeah, we get a lot of that. Uh, you really have to be careful with the pruning, don't you? Yeah, um, grapevines, blueberries, that's that's always a hot topic this time of year. And then just, you know, general uh, pruning for, you know, other uh, woody plants in the landscape. Um, but, you know, uh, mid-February, 1st of March is, you know, the ideal time to, you know, get your pruning done on most landscape plants. Of course, not on uh, azaleas and things like that. You yeah, you would stuff, wait until after they, old, yeah, the spring old, flowering stuff. Yeah, and uh, you know, camellias, camellias are blooming right now, and uh, well, some are. It's been they've been nipped a little bit, but uh, after they stop blooming is is when you would normally prune them, and uh, azaleas right after they bloom, uh, et cetera. So. Uh, it, it just depends yeah, on the plant. On old, old wood need to be pruned immediately after they flower. Yeah, we get a lot of questions about hydrangeas. And, uh, Rufus, what is your rule of thumb? My rule of thumb is I don't prune anything until I, in the spring of the year I see what comes up and what comes up and hasn't bloomed, I cut it out. Then that's about it. Yeah. And what, what, turns, what doesn't turn green in the spring, I, I cut it out. And I, I never prune one back on the top. I, I might snip off a little bit of an old dead bloom, but that's about it. And it seems to do okay. There's so, so many different kinds of things uh, for uh, hydrangeas that 
our bloom times. So my my way is just seeing what what comes up, and if the stalk stays dead, cut it out. Other than mm-hmm. that, I leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Oh, what do y'all think about that yeah. philosophy? Yeah, your your um your mophead hydrangeas, your big leaf hydrangeas, lace caps, uh, oak leaf hydrangeas, climbing hydrangeas. They all bloom on old growth. So. Just like with azaleas and rhododendrons, if you if you have to prune them or need to prune them, you need to do it immediately after they um, flower. And then your panicle hydrangeas, which are the which are called smooth leaf, I think that's Annabelle and you know, countless other cultivars. But they uh, bloom on new growth, so you can prune them now or you know, first of March, and you shouldn't have a problem with uh, buds forming for flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, really extraordinary uh, things that are trying to bloom or, or blooming right now. Colby, thanks very much. I hope you will come back on with oh, us. Absolutely, some... and hopefully in the future I can you know, stay the whole time. Sure. Well, that's fine, yeah. All right, well, great job. You sounded like you were uh, were pretty happy and content. <laughs> sure. Have a great day, my friend. Yes, we'll, we'll see you the next time. We'll get you back on soon, hopefully. Absolutely, thank you. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up. 